Good morning, and welcome to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations. I'm John Sumser, and today we're going to be talking with Amit Mahindra, who is the founder and CEO of People Analytics Success. It's a new consultancy. Amit is, in my mind, the most senior and most experienced player in the People Analytics universe. Amit, how are you? Hi, John. Good morning. Thank you so much for that kind yeah, introduction. Yeah, would you take that a little bit further? Tell me about how you got here and how it is that you end up being interested in people analytics. Yeah, sure. Actually, I just published a blog post a couple of days ago. It's also on LinkedIn. It's called My First People Analytics Job. And most people think it's one of my most recent jobs as the head of people analytics at McKesson or Apple. But it's actually when I was the head of HR strategy and analysis at Lehman Brothers back in 1999. And the reason I posted it and the reason I started a new consulting company is really to, really to use all of that experience I've had starting people analytics teams, uh, delivering people analytics all these years. Um, so, you know, I, it, it, I got into it in a roundabout way. I was originally an economist. I was an economist at the World Bank in Washington, D.C., and I was doing research on labor markets in developing countries. And I happened to meet my uh, fiancé, soon to be wife, in Washington. She was a reporter covering, covering the Hill, and she was moving back to New York. And so I wanted to follow her, obviously, and I responded to an ad in the New York Times that wanted an international data consultant for a consulting company called Towers Perrin. So I was actually just an academic at that point, and I remember having a hard time convincing the hiring manager that I could be a consultant, think in, in bullet points, make presentations, things like that. And so he gave me a challenge. He gave me the challenge of coming up with a business plan for his new organization. And so I went into full-blown research mode and figured out the whole market of HR consulting, of compensation consulting, and uh, faxed the uh, report into him. And he said, come on right over, you're hired. So I got a start in comp consulting, which is the most numerous part of HR, I, I guess. Um, and it was a lot of fun as a young consultant uh, doing international comp consulting and travel around the world, helping companies design incentive plans. And uh, I figured out that the money was actually on Wall Street. And so I finagled a job at Lehman Brothers. I had lunch with the head of compensation. And he didn't really have you know, a position open at that time. But he saw my background. I was an electrical engineer. I was a labor economist. Uh, I obviously worked in consulting, and he hired me, and uh, I did a little bit of comp stuff, but that was my first introduction to HR because I had never actually encountered HR before. Uh, I was an academic and then a consultant, and so I looked around and I noticed that there was a lot of money being left on the table in the parlance of, of uh, Wall Street uh, because of inefficient processes or just you know things not being optimized. And so I began looking at different things. And obviously, the first thing I looked at was attrition, because that was a problem and something that was easy to uh, grasp. Um, but, you know, there wasn't any data available, because uh, if you can believe it, 
for Lehman Brothers, and this was back in 1998, 99. It was, it was a small but growing company, uh, doing fairly well on, a, on an increasing growth path. But the entire HRIS was a Paradox database. I don't know if you remember Paradox. I do. But it was one of those early relational databases. Uh, fortunately, they switched to PeopleSoft a couple of years later. But uh, there wasn't much information in the HRIS. And so I actually had to resort to um, either uh, getting all the historical resumes of everyone who had ever applied for a job or who had gotten a job at Lehman Brothers. And uh, manually, it was just me manually coding all the information into a data set so I could run regression. But I, I began doing, uh, you know, analyses, and it was fairly sophisticated. Um, even at that time, since I was an econometrician by training, I was doing survival analysis to look at attrition. I was running uh, logistic regression, Cox proportional hazard, hazard models. And so this got the attention of the operating committee which is the 14-member team that runs uh, Lehman Brothers, we used to run Lehman Brothers. And so got an invitation to come present this attrition work to them because they had heard about it. And it went really well. They, they lapped it up. They really appreciated the detail, the mathematics behind it. And uh, that was my start. And so then we began doing a lot more analyses. We, we built up some workforce planning models, we began predicting what drove success at the company. Um, we looked at, uh, you know, uh, both qualitative and quantitative data. It was a time when when the market for uh, investment banking jobs was at a high, and um, uh, and Lehman Brothers was sort of a smaller bank and uh, was trying to emulate some of the bigger banks like Goldman Sachs and Merrill Lynch and was having a hard time convincing people to join. So we did a really in-depth study of associates, you know, people about to graduate from college and from MBA to um, see what drove them, you know, what they were looking for. So we did some rudimentary text analytics at that point. So you know, a pretty healthy portfolio of people analytics project. And uh, it, was, it was a heady time. Um, very successful work. It was getting a lot of traction, and I was able to cajole my boss into starting a new organization uh, and getting myself a promotion in the process by creating this new group, and we called it HR Strategy and Analysis because analytics wasn't the word then. And uh, it was just me for about a year, and then eventually I was able to hire an analyst from, I think, the public finance division from the business. Oh, that's 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 humble beginnings. You know, you know some of the some of the big HR analytics people, analytics teams these days have fifty or sixty people on them. Some of them more than that, and um, um, it, it's it's interesting to to be talking with somebody who is there at the ground floor. You teach a you teach a class at Berkeley, and you do uh, client workshops around the world. Um, what what are the basic things that that you cover in? Uh, I assume it's a semester class in human capital analytics. Yeah, the class at Berkeley is a semester class. Yeah, I began teaching it in class, and then developed an online course as well. I've taken a bit of a break from it, so it's not really available right now. Somebody else is teaching the in class 
version. Uh, but I do have plans for creating some online content of my own. And I will be teaching a couple of master classes in London in February. And, and that'll be the basis for some additional master classes. Those are geared towards uh, HR leaders who may not have complete confidence in analytics and want to sort of get with the program. And the other classes for HR analytic leaders. And the main purpose of that is to help them show up as HR leaders. Otherwise, as just analytic leaders, sometimes you don't have the decision-making authority. And what I've noticed is that it's sort of a three-step process in organizations from, uh, as it was at Lehman Brothers, there was no data to begin with. And then there is data, reliable data. The second step is from data to insight. And then the third step is from insight to action. And, uh, you know, that last step is the last mile problem. Uh, it's very hard to actually drive action, despite, uh, you know, whatever great insights you might have. And it's for all sorts of reasons. But I, I've always felt that uh, the people analytic leader needs to be on the HR leadership team in a full decision-making capacity. So that the course, you know, my courses are for the HR. Uh, so the course at Berkeley is for people who want a certification in HR. And I made it a requirement for that because I think everyone in HR needs to have some sort of background in analytics. And the intention isn't to teach everyone how to do regression analysis. It's really getting people comfortable with numbers uh, and, and going back to really high school math to, to help them remember the time value of money and some very basic concepts such as opportunity cost. Um, and then obviously to go into some uh, things like ROI calculations, internal rate of return, so that they can understand that you know investment is limited, and where would where do you want to put your human capital investment, um, rewards and training? So it's sort of that that uh, aspect, and then introducing the paradigm of human capital. So rather than HR or people being seen as a resource to be consumed and a cost to be minimized, uh, it's actually something you need to invest in and you get a return on. So then introducing that notion and also, you know, uh, metric selection, how to choose the right metric. So things you would, you would sort of imagine for an introductory course. And my intention is to have now a higher level course to dig a little bit deeper into some of the methodo methodologies. And in particular, I think it's really important for people analysts to get more and more in and HR uh, uh, people in general to get more into machine learning. Um, my fear is that machine learning will remain a black box to most HR people. And as a result, um, you know, the vendors have an upper hand and um, are. Did I just lose you? Yeah, I just lost you. You hung up. Well, We'll double back with Amit Mohindra. Um, meanwhile, um, let's get in touch with our sponsor, Benefit Ed. We're so delighted to have them. You're listening to HR Tech Weekly, one step closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumser. Looking for a new way to attract and engage top talent? Add student loan repayment to your benefits lineup. Benefit Ed makes it easy to offer this in-demand benefit any time of the year. 
Simple administration for you, simple sign-up for employees. With programs to help pay down student loans or save for college, BenefitEd meets the education goals of employees at any life stage. Compete for the best and build your own dream team. Learn more at youbenefited.com slash hrtech. That's y-o-u-benefited.com slash hrtech. Well, and welcome back, Ahmed. We lost you there for a second. How are you? Hi, John. Sorry, the call got dropped. Um, can you hear me now? That's fine. That's fine. I, you're you're perfect now. So, so one of the things that I wonder often about um, people analytics is is the systems that we work in are organic, organic and complex, and most of the um, most of the stuff that I see in people analytics has a tendency to err on the side of certainty as if as if every problem was a simple problem. And so I wonder in your in your teaching and your consulting how you handle uh, sort of complexity theory and and the real dynamic qualities of organizations as opposed to the 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 um, uh, sort of looser, simpler kinds of measures that you can do of the analysis of the organization. How do you think about that? Yeah, so obviously to unearth what is truly going on in a system or situation, you need to look at a whole bunch of different factors, and you need to examine those factors from different angles, different models, if you will, at the bottom of what's going on. Um but models are sometimes difficult for a lot of people to get their arms around. Uh, one thing I, I see is uh, people don't really understand how models work, and so they want to try and put every single situation or piece of information into the model, and obviously that doesn't work. So one approach I use is sort of peeling the onion. So you, you start with a few things, and then you begin to – and it's easier to – show things graphically, for example, if you just have one or two variables. and But people are too used to two-by-two matrices and scatter plots, and you really have to, you know, uh, actually struggle to get people to comprehend and accept sort of more complicated models. Um, but you, you have to just keep uh, showing that there there is something else that is impacting the the outcome, and you keep bringing those in, and then you have to explain that as you bring in more variables, the, the interactions between variables begin to have an effect, and things begin to change around. So it's really an educationer on model and model estimation. That's that's interesting. So so what you're saying is inside of a company, what step one is the sort of data governance question? How do you get how do you get the data available and consistent? And step two is um, helping the company start to understand a view of itself that is dynamic rather than static things that spreadsheets have produced over the last generation or so. All right. Yeah, I think we're often we're stuck in static. You know, uh, these are often called descriptive analytics. But the real uh, meat um, of analysis is in the dynamic 
Yeah, we seem to be losing you again. Um, um, so, so, so I'll, yeah, I can't hear you now. Um, um, the, the, I haven't seen much in public of dynamic modeling. Talk, talk a little bit about that. Well, it's uh, you know what what we're trying to do is optimize um, optimize whether it's cost or uh, or talent outcomes, and many things evolve over time, and so you have to take that into account. You can't just take a snapshot at one point and expect to be able to understand uh, you know how things are working. So it's just uh, including the time dimension in your analyses. And it's, it's more than just a trend analysis. That's a very basic uh, sort of time analysis. But how different variables are interacting over time uh, to drive a particular outcome. Interesting. So you've just started the company. People analytics. Have, success. Yeah. So, so what's yeah, the company? I, I guess you're harvesting your 20 years of people analytics experience and and packaging it so that it's available for other people. Um, tell me about People Analytics. Yeah, thanks, John. So People Analytics Success is just a few weeks old. Um, in the last month, I've been on a roadshow speaking at different conferences, trying to do some marketing, if you will. And it's got three pillars, uh, three go-to-market pillars. The first is advisory, which is advising companies on starting People Analytics, or tracking a, tracking a particular problem they have. It's also helping HR tech startups to shape their products so that they're more practical and useful for HR organizations. The second pillar is executive coaching, and this is where I try and help HR leaders become more comfortable with analytics, and also analytics leaders um, who often come from a technical background to begin to understand how to uh, how to how to deal with the, with the resistance that they will ultimately run into, and also how to show up as HR leaders. And the third pillar is teaching. So that's uh, teaching at Berkeley. Uh, I'm working on some other teaching opportunities at other universities, but also some of uh, the online content that I'll be creating and the masterclass workshops. So who's the target customer? Target customer is really going to be CEOs, CFOs, and heads of HR. Um, oh, any particular I, size I, of I, company? Yeah, so you know my expertise is in, uh, has historically been in large companies, but even then I've been addressing uh, you know people analytics problems or issues, HR issues for smaller divisions or departments within those companies. So it's really all sizes. Um, now, obviously, you have to have a size of a, a company of a certain size to have enough people. But uh, even in the few hundred, there's plenty of stuff that can be done. And I think the sooner companies can start thinking about analytics, um, the better shape they'll be in as they achieve growth. In fact, back in 2011, um, I had had a chat with um, an HR leader at Facebook, and they were quite a small company. And um, they were thinking then about what is what is analytics? You know, should we start a people analytics team or not? Huh. 
Okay, so so let's let's talk a little bit about where the future is. I, I tend to think that that over time, people analytics becomes the dominant part of of HR, but but not everybody agrees with me. What do you think? I think we're probably on the same page, John. I think people analytics has a very important and powerful position. Um, it is privy to pretty much all the information in the organization. Um, more, it has access to more information than most people. It uh, has a organization or enterprise centric view, so it, it looks at every single division department. It often has a connection to senior leadership. Uh, presenting material to the board or to the C-suite. And so you have that connection. And they really know what's going on, you know, what's working, what's not working, where there's an issue, uh, who are the effective leaders and where do things need to be, uh, you know, made better. And so I think they're in a very central and strategic position to even vie for the head of uh, head of HR, John. That's interesting. So, so in some organizations, I imagine that the way this evolves is people analytics becomes almost like an audit function, right? You, you, you'd imagine there's some risk that that the team in the people analytics group um, get polarized away from the operation of the rest of HR because there's some sort of natural cultural differences between people who do analytics and people who are native to HR. Have you seen that happen? That, that can happen. My approach has always been to embed my people analytics teams within the business. So I think there's an evolution where you start with almost like a big bang, there is a big mass of, of uh, people analytics at the center. You know, COE is formed to set standards um, to figure out what is what, what that function is going to do, uh, create some sort of vision and mission statement. But over time, that expertise has to be sent out into the uh, business units and into the functions because People who are sitting there who have access to the information and to the relationships, they have a sort of much closer um, understanding of the local situation. And that's where analytics eventually needs to happen. I, I often fear that just sitting in headquarters, you know, sucking in the numbers and uh, having a few conversations and, and running models is, uh, is a little too clinical. And so you have to be out there in the field. But, and I think also that initially, you know, the people analytics uh, professionals are distinct from HR and uh, and work side by side with the HR business partners who bring them along in the right situation. But I think the the it's the accountability of people analytics professionals to try and transfer as much confidence and knowledge about analytics so that uh, business HR folks can, to a large extent, send for themselves, continue to be that direct. That's interesting. So, so it seems to me that you wouldn't start a people analytics function if you thought everything was going just hunky-dory. You, you, you 
start a people analytics function, if you wanted to find improvement or you wanted to find ways to decrease friction or you wanted to find problems. Um, and so, so it seems to me that, that, that the, well, let, let me ask it another way. I'm seeing a trend outside of HR where subject matter experts are excluded from the teams that build intelligent tools because their biases about how things should work get in the way of what the data can tell you. Do you run into that? So, you know, I, I think actually um, the opposite. I think with people data, just looking at the numbers in isolation is insufficient. You need the context. And so, you know, why uh, the people analytics has emerged only recently because prior to this world of big data, uh, you know, there wasn't, you know, HR processes didn't generate the information to run an analysis. So, um, and HR was historically a very traditional sort of function. Um, my contention is that had there been data and had there been a scientific approach to HR from the beginning, we would have seen people analytics functions emerge a long time ago. But the advent of data, the advent of um, some new tools, and it's not just starting, uh, you don't, I, I don't think you start functions just because there's a problem. I think it's um, it's just part of, of running an effective HR organization. Interesting. So, so this has been a, this has been a great conversation. I'd love to talk to you a lot longer about some of these things. Um, what do you want to make sure that somebody listening to the show takes away? Yeah, I, I guess my message would be to uh, HR business partners or people in HR who don't have a background in analytics. Um, and my message would be that, you know, don't be intimidated. Um, you know, people think that it's very complicated and that it's hard to learn, that you need to have certain degrees. I think there's a lot of analytics that's very natural. Uh, it's just like strategy. Strategy, people think, is complicated and, and important stuff. But all of us are engaged in strategy almost every day, you know, what to wear, <laughs> which mode of transport to take. Uh, all kinds of things. And it's the same with analytics. It's just a, a way of looking at the world, um, applying some logic, a little bit of mathematics. Um, and uh, people shouldn't be uh, shouldn't shy away from it. And if you already have a people analytics team in your organization, then reach out to them. They, are, they want to do nothing uh, else than make you happy and solve their problems. And so just reach out, make friends, and uh, the world will be a better place for both of you. Thanks. So would you take a moment and reintroduce yourself and tell people how they might get a hold of you? Yeah. Hi, this is Amit Mohendra. I'm the founder of People Analytics Success. You can reach me by email on amit at peopleanalyticsuccess.com or go to my website, peopleanalyticsuccess.com. Thanks. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this, Amit. Conversation. Thank you so much. Hey, John, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you.
Yep. You've been listening to HR Examiner Executive Conversations, and we've been talking with Amit Mohindra, who is the most senior player in the people analytics space, and he's just founded a company called People Analytics Success. You can find him there at peopleanalyticsuccess.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we want to do a particular shout-out for benefitad.com, who is sponsoring these shows this, this month. Thanks very much, everybody. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye now. Mm-hmm.